There's so many times when your body and your mind have conspired and outvoted you and they've decided, hey, we're done. We're going to sit down right now. And even still, it's important that you have to press on. You have to have a way to connect with yourself throughout that because you cannot just shun yourself. From outside, this is The Daily Rally. Short stories of resilience in the face of big challenges and unexpected adventures. Today, as part of our week-long series of stories celebrating LGBTQ plus Pride Month, a thru-hiker alone on the trail turns to her younger self for support. After this. My name is Lila Harrod and my trail name is Sugar. I'm a 35-year-old, sober, queer, transgender woman and more or less full-time thru-hiker. Last year in 2022, I set the women's unsupported fastest known time of the White Mountains Deratissima. I'm currently living and working in Blairsville, Georgia, which is right along the Appalachian Trail. I've been sober from drugs and alcohol for over five years, and I'm, I'm somebody who has not always loved myself and not always been true to myself. Being an alcoholic and active addiction for about 16 years, I felt like I was having my, my soul or my heart scooped out with a melon baller one scoop at a time. And I felt myself getting smaller and smaller and smaller until I barely existed. I got sober at 30 years old and I was finally able to be honest with myself about being trans and about the fact that I needed to transition. Getting sober and transitioning saved my life. Being in nature and hiking is when I am the most myself. There's something special about hiking alone because it is a chance to dig down deep and, and to feel that connection that you have both with yourself and with the ground underneath your feet and all the plants and animals that are around. When I was finishing up the Pacific Crest Trail in 2022, I knew that I wanted to spend some time in the White Mountains and I had always wanted to try to hike the White Mountains Deratissima. Uh, the Deratissima runs about 230 to 240 miles long. And just out of curiosity, I looked up what the fastest known time currently was at that time and figured that I would have a chance at perhaps doing a little bit better. So I decided why not? The challenge of that unsupported fastest known time was that I had to carry all of my food and supplies for the entire journey on my back from the very beginning. There was no resupplying except to take water from natural and public sources. When you do an unsupported fastest known time, you really are unsupported. There's no one out there. You can't, can't have a friend come and hike with you, you know. There is no support, emotional or otherwise. And when you don't have support from other people, it is fully on you to emotionally support yourself. And that can oftentimes mean caring for yourself like you were a child. The second to last day was the day that I had to go over Franconia Ridge, which is a notoriously steep and challenging point in the hike. Franconia Ridge is fully exposed, so there's nowhere to hide. 
And, um, you know, if you want any respite from the wind and from the rain, you have to duck under a boulder and tuck yourself in. The rain had fully wetted out all of my clothing and my pack. And even if it's 40 or 50 degrees, it's more than enough to be fully hypothermic pretty quickly if you stop moving. And my body was exhausted. I was mentally already broken down from having hiked, you know, over 10,000 feet of elevation for the day and about 25 or so miles for the day, I had to choose whether or not I could push on or whether I had to, you know, call it quits. It was a, a whole set of phrases that I was using to, to talk to myself and to talk directly to that inner child, just saying things like, hey, I've got you, you're okay, we're gonna do this together. And even doing things like holding yourself or holding your hand with, against your heart and feeling your own heartbeat is a way of connecting to your body and connecting to yourself. All those things that you want to hear from loved ones and people who would be cheering you on if they could, you then have to do that for yourself. And I just knew that, that I could do it. I just gave everything that I had and I found myself sort of just weeping. I had to stop a couple times and I was crying and it, it felt really cathartic processing the emotions through those tears and, and through, you know, sitting with myself for, for a few minutes it gave me strength to push forward through a really challenging moment in the hike. Once I got through it, once I got over the ridge and down to where I camped for the evening, I could finally let my body relax. So, you know, having some time to myself to decompress in my tent after a really difficult, challenging experience, I, I found myself crying again. I found myself relaxing and then feeling deeply proud of myself for what I had just done. I find that when I'm talking to my inner child, that it will tend to make me feel more emotional because I'm somebody who's grown up being afraid of a lot of my emotions. It's not something that, that's come naturally to me because of how I grew up and also as being socialized as, as a male. It's something that I had to learn and, and come into as, as I grew into myself. And I now see those emotions and being in touch with my emotions and being willing to express my emotions as one of my greatest assets, both as a person and as an athlete. I got so much out of the Deratissima because it, it proved right to me something that I always knew was in me. Long distance hiking and taking on big challenges like big through hikes or going for a fastest known time, they're, they're things that I feel are attainable because I have already felt so much discomfort through my like substance use, things like that. that that's deeply physically brutal. I knew that I had the strength to do it. I knew that about myself, but I needed to be fully stripped down to know that, that the inner child or that voice inside me that needed love, that it's not something that could or should ever be ignored. I'm just really happy with, with who I've become and, you know, it's not... It's not just adult Lila, you know, with like with the job and the responsibilities and, the, and those kinds of things now. You know, I do think about myself walking with sort of young little girl Lila version of me that we can sort of hold hands together and 
and walk through this life together and we can support each other. Lila Harrod holds the woman's unsupported, fastest-known time record for the White Mountain Diratissima, a trail that connects all 48 of the 4,000-foot peaks in New Hampshire's White Mountains. She is a professional thru-hiker, writer, and mentor of first-time queer and trans thru-hikers. You can connect with Lila on Instagram at seltzerskelter. This story was produced by Stephanie Aguilar. We want to hear your stories. Please nominate the people in your life who found a way to rally. Go to outsideonline.com slash daily rally, where you can also see photos of many of our guests. The Daily Rally was created for Outside by me, Kat Jaffe, and House of Pod. The executive producer for Outside is Michael Roberts. Additional production and script editing by Marin Larson and additional editing by Sarah Fuss Kessler. Our audio editors are Kevin Seaman and Benny Beausoleil. And our music is composed by Louis Weeks. We appreciate our Outside Plus subscribers who make this show possible. To learn about the many benefits of a subscription and to subscribe now, go to outsideonline.com slash pod plus. Thank you for listening.